you're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Colborne. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to Europe Calling with Neil and Vince. And our date is the 24th of October, 2023. Weather a little bit different, a little bit cooler overnight. We have had rain. Definition on the mountain, brilliant. Everything looks well. It's probably heating up a bit now. But let's find out as I go about three quarters of an hour to the west of me. Let's find out what Neil's finding it like. Good morning to you, Neil. And how's your weather today? Morning, Vince. It's absolutely cracking the flags. We've had no rain. We've got a bit of a breeze, which is not too bad, and just a few fluffy white clouds that I can see over at sea. But nothing here. We've had no rain or anything. Wow. Okay. Well, we had quite a bit of rain yesterday. Went to be cold. Twenty-six on on thermometer in shade. Twenty-six. Well, I've been busy this morning, so I'll go out and test that. Um, early on when I went out, it was it was a bit cooler. But, um, okay, well, let's get cracking then. Um, we'll start off by obviously wishing that uh, there's the, the, the some sort of peace can be found for the Middle East because it's looking increasingly dangerous at the moment. And I'm sure you'd feel the same way. You'd probably want to say the same, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, you just... Wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, you, you just need peace and, you know, and get on with your own lives and, you know, stop all this bickering and fighting and bombing and, you know, it's only the innocents that suffer most of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's awful. Absolutely right. OK, let's find out then what else has been happening in the world. Okay, England's heroic exit from the Rugby Union World Cup. Uh, There's an article there that I wanted to quickly have a word with you about. Um, It's been soured by a potential racism storm after the flanker Tom Curry made a first-half complaint to referee Ben O'Keefe at the Stade de France in the 28th minute of the national team's agonising 16-15 defeat against South Africa on Saturday night. The sale open side approached the New Zealand official and is heard to say over the referee's mic, uh, Sir, if, a hook, if their hooker calls me a white, and then uh, four-letter word, uh, what do I do? And uh, O'Keefe replied, nothing, please. Not a bit like the football, is it? Oh, my word. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. I, I know there'd been, there'd been a remark, but I didn't know they could hear it over. Oh, no, just get on with it. Well, there you go. What, what can you do? He's referee. You know. What about, Maybe. you know, the the fact that it's a black... If it had been the other way around, it had been called over, it had been probably sent off or whatever, or a, a sim bin. You know, if it had been the other way around, and that's what I'm saying sometimes, it, it's, all, it's all weighted on one way, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, they're trying to say that, you know, there's different interpretations of whatever the word it was. Um, but as you say, if it was the other way around, they'd be, this would be everywhere, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be all over news, every minute at news, yeah. But I do have to compliment them on the fact that they were so sort of polite to the referee and, uh, you know, is it all right if they're swearing, sir? <laughs> you know, <it's> a, <laughs> as they say, it's a different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. None of these, none of these footballers would like getting in the middle of them lot, would they? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's the next one then. Let's see where we're going with this one. Okay, so I found this article during the week and I wondered whether you'd seen it and if not, then obviously see what you think of it. British researchers lost a genetically modified mouse and accidentally released a smallpox-like 
pathogen in a string of biosecurity blunders kept under wraps. This was in the Mail Online. They've learned of six lab incidents where genetically modified organisms have escaped containment in the past five years. Four occurred before COVID swept the globe, and uh, later in the article it goes on to say, none of the incidents uncovered by the website were of high risk, leading experts insisted. However, there's a biologist, Dr. Richard A. Ebright. He's a critic of the so-called gain-of-function experiments, argued that such accidents are more common than we think. He told uh, the Mail Online, lab incidents with pathogens, including genetically modified pathogens, occur nearly daily worldwide and occur even in the best of circumstances. The world needs increased oversight and regulation of this type of research. All of the incidents, which only stretch back to 2018, were uncovered through a Freedom of Information request. One involved a genetically altered type of myobacterium tuberculosis, the bacteria that causes tuberculosis. What else would it do? The government's health and safety executive listed the cause of the accident as power failure, whilst scientists were working with the bacteria. The report doesn't mention how many people were potentially exposed, for how long, or how the power outage occurred in the first place. Tuberculosis, often considered a Victorian-era illness, kills 1.5 million people globally each year, and it's mainly spread through coughing. Right, had you heard about that or seen it, and um, what do you make of it? No, I've not seen that. It's not been on main news, and I've not looked at any papers this week. No, Uh, I've not seen it. I mean, mean, how, how the mice come marching out, you know? Uh, so all the lights go off or something. So are, are they in these like, special cages that you can just come and go if, if the power goes out? I mean, hang on a minute. If, if you're trying someone with, with, you know, really awful diseases, it's got to be it's got to be near enough airtight, hasn't it? You know, so they can't get out. It's an absolute joke. Well, I mean, really, I'm even surprised that they got this on the freedom of, of information because, quite honestly, you know. Uh, there, there are some well, very most, most of it, according to to that fella, uh, it, uh, m- most of it's been swept under the car, but It's just these few, you know, on them, isn't it? So what's happening all, all the year round? You know, like he says, it's everyday occurrence. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think these people, these scientists, um, verge from people with inquiring minds to just being plain wicked, and you know, I would imagine that once you get into a frame of mind, you want to try anything just to see what works and what doesn't work, don't you? Yeah, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, yeah, but we're spending millions of pounds on it. You know, it's it's, it's a nonsense. If it, it, I mean, if they are, and they are spending millions of pounds on discovering things, um, then I think we're always open to this sort of behaviour because I, I think, um, you know... <laughs> It's a, it just goes with the territory, you know. You, you know, let's see if we can do this, and what would happen if we do that. I mean, it's it's like little kids, but only with a far more dangerous sort of way to it. Yeah, yeah, it, it like like when we we had Meccano sets or you know things like that. You, you try to do some of there, but there has been great great you know leaps for for diseases all over the world. But every time we seem to have found a cure for near enough everything, somebody pops up with another one. You know, it's like it's like this is, it's like hamster in its in its wheel. It just keeps going round and round and round. You know, but there has been some great things. But when you're letting someone out with, with that could be carrying TB or all this like mice and they breed like you know wildfire. God knows what happens. Well, COVID springs to mind. So yeah, well, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we'll go to the next one then. Okay, so we'll go next to parents around the UK said they have been conned out of thousands of pounds by an alleged serial scam artist. 
<coughs> this is a lady from Derby, 50-year-old, um, and has made thousands by preying on these parents who wanted their children to have extra tutoring to do better at school. Speaking to the uh, paper, parents of even... Uh, friends of Hanley, uh, this is the lady, have lifted the lid on the scumbag trickster. Uh, there are parents across the UK who say they've been left out of pocket and devastated, uh, who they they trusted this lady to be with their children, and online learning is what it's all about. It became more common after the pandemic, uh, and she's even tried reaching parents in the US and Canada. Parents have asked for her to be stopped, but many feel abandoned by the police or think there's no point in going to them. After all, there are 900,000 frauds reported each year in England and Wales, but less than 1% result in a criminal conviction. I don't know what's gone wrong with the, um, the, the checking of things in the UK, because you could never have got away with things like that in the past, could you? No. I mean, fraud, it, it it blights everybody's life. If somebody frauds you out of money and, you know, money that you've, you've you know, you've had earned, uh, and it, it just seems like a trivial, uh, you know, oh, well, it, it was probably your own fault, you know, that type of, that type of reaction to it. It's it's all wrong. That, you know, if you, and if they do get caught, they get a, they get a two-year suspended, you know, but they still keep the money and all that. It's, uh, I, it, it, it beggars to believe half of it. Well, of course, what makes it difficult is, is that there are lots of very genuine and good teachers and people who want to give good classes online. And, um, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's something that I suppose if you can't get face-to-face, -face, then you, you, you've got to accept that, that this is another way to do things. But um, I'm, what I can't understand is realistically why do people trust people i would say uh look uh, if you i'm going to give you a class so i want the money in my account uh within a day or so or i won't do another class till you pay me i mean it's as simple as that for me yeah and, uh, and if the class is working you carry on and if it isn't you say thanks very much but i don't need your services anymore yeah you know okay uh, just going back just going back to them mice yeah, yeah. And, and TB, I didn't know mice coughed. So how did they spread it? No, I, I think it was just badly written. Probably the two aren't connected that way. You know, it was probably, it's probably that uh, they were giving one example and immediately connecting it to another. Uh, I right. don't know, by the way. I mean, you, you it could be that, that mice pa pass it on by coughing, but I don't think so. I mean, that's not something I've ever heard. <laughs> Listen, anything's possible in this world at the moment. Uh, let's play a jingle and then move on. Ah. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Colborne. Okay, now we're revisiting things that we've spoken about in the past. This is an asylum seeker who is said to have wanted to avenge the deaths of people in Gaza. <clears throat> and he carried out a suspected terror attack in Britain. Uh, this is all being claimed through the Telegraph. The man who came to the UK in 2020 told police that he had done it for Palestine, according to the Telegraph. Uh, details of the terror attack that can be reported are highly restricted for legal reasons. But the suspect, who is currently in custody, is said to have told authorities that his arrest, uh, that he'd committed the offence because Israel had killed children in Gaza. Senior politicians have questioned why information of the attacker's motivation was not made public amid warnings that pro-Palestine protests this, could, uh, this weekend could encourage so-called lone wolf attacks. It comes after a gunman in Brussels killed two Swedish football fans last week with the suspect claiming on social media 
that he was acting on behalf of Islamic State. What do you think of that? Did Did you see that one first of all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, he'll <laughs> get he'll get a he'll get a, a few years, and then he'll be let out on the streets. No, we're going to deport him or anything like that. You know what I mean? It, it, honestly, the law is a complete and utter ass. And it, I mean, you, two football fans just going to a football game got nothing to do with Islamic State or with, with uh, Palestine, the other one. You know. And and they just go around killing people, you know, at, at random. It's an absolute disgrace. Well, I I mean I don't know about you. I have seen so many things now about Palestine <clears throat> and Israel that really, um, you know, it's a very very confusing thing for most people. But it would appear that anybody who comes from that particular faith doesn't have any worries about maybe getting things wrong so you just kick off on somebody who's the nearest to you i mean you can't live your life like that can you well it's, it's not it's not our way of life is it you, you can't think of anything worse you're just walking along and somebody comes running at you and stabs you yeah, it must be horrendous you know uh, but uh, and you see as we keep going on you know the the, the punishment don't fit the crime it's it's Put a sleep Put him sleep, boom, gone. Forget going on and all these lawyers getting involved over years and years, and he's, you know, uh, oh, he, he, he weren't right in head. No, well, they were when he was stabbing them, you know. Well, of course, the, the other thing that has to be brought up as a uh, as a, a questionable thing at the moment is if you've got all these guys coming from certain areas of the world <clears throat> who who will have maybe these thoughts in their heads. Um, but, you know, we've said for a long time, Britain's sitting on a huge problem, isn't it? Oh, not so bad. Not so bad. I mean, if I'm being honest, every time I look at news, I think to myself, oh, thank God I'm over here. I, I couldn't be doing with that all the time in the UK. It's really, it's awful. And, and we don't do anything about it. We don't put any severe punishments on anything. So everybody just keeps going doing what they want and they'll get their hands slapped for a bit and then they carry on doing what they want to do. You know, like that hate crime uh, speech. Oh, well, we didn't know uh, what it really meant. Well, find out, uh, arrest him and then find out what it's about. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right, well, we move on. Uh, Here's the next one. Okay, just changing the tone a little bit. Uh, There's a lady, 37, from Lancashire. She was searching for a bag in the back of her car when her two daughters were arguing over who could sit in the front seat. So uh, the two kids, aged 12 and 9, had been told to stop and behave, but they ignored the mother and, of course, much to her frustration as the argument escalated. Um, One of the kids attempted to jump over into the back of the car, but in so doing, she knelt on the handbrake and sent the car rolling backwards with both front doors open. The car nearly crushed um, the mother and luckily neither of the kids were hurt. Otherwise, it could have been a lot worse. Right. You can see really how kids can be so distracting when you're trying to drive a, ki- uh, a car. Not just kids, by the way. I think anybody can, can't they? Yeah, yeah, oh. There's nothing worse, is there, than two kids in back arguing. Oh, you know, you keep looking at rear view mirror and you... Oh, they're a nightmare. Anything I mean, on? as I say, I had two girls. They were, they were always bickering. Who, who can have this? Who can have that? So, and it, it started with the first one with, with choppies. You know, all, right, well, that's it. We've sorted this out because there's no choppies coming in this car. And then they sit there and... and Keep touching and blowing all the time, but there you go. You know, right? You're right. If you can't share them out between you, you're having none. You know, that would it. I remember um, this is just to show you how easy things can happen. I remember my mum. Um, she went to the car. Oh, I'm 
must have probably just been about 18, something like that. Or I was in the house. And um, anyway, my, my mum had gone to the car and she'd, uh, I don't know how she did it, obviously stepped on the, the accelerator while it was in gear, uh, came crashing out through the garden, uh, crashed out through the garage, over the garden, and uprooted a tree, just missing a couple of people walking up the road with a pram. I mean, wow. you've got to have every all your wits about you every time you're driving. And goodness gracious me, I mean, I remember that as if it was yesterday. You, you yeah, know. It, well, they're, they're killing machines, are they? The, you know what I mean? It's, you know, a ton, of, a ton of metal coming at you. You know, it's not going to be funny, is it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I must admit, you know, when you've got uh, people arguing in the car, it is very distracting. And that's oh. not just children. I mean, you know, adults, we're all, we're all guilty of it, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not funny. If you're a driver, you're trying to keep looking out for these mad drivers that are here, there and everywhere. And uh, all the hell's going back in, in car, backwards and forwards, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, it's awful, yeah. yeah okay. It's distracting. Your favourite coming up now, a bit of technology. Oh, look out, wait, go on. Bit of technology, here it comes. Okay, so a debate erupted on the Good Morning Britain. Uh, I didn't see it myself because I don't watch that program. It's one of those things which uh, pff, I just don't enjoy. Richard Any, Madeley. Um, Richard Madeley. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I did pick up the story, though, and I did think um, I thought about this. Um, so the debate was whether it is wrong for parents to set up Instagram accounts for their children. So there's a blogger, Vicky Broadbent, insisted that her two-year-old enjoys being on social media while podcaster Marvin Harrison claimed it is complete exploitation. The debate comes after the footballer Phil Foden set up an Instagram account for his four-year-old son, Ronnie, who has gained almost four million followers. Um, right, you're not a technophobe, but you do follow things, obviously, on, on the, um, the telephone or the uh, social media platforms, I take it. Uh, tell me I if do, I'm yeah, wrong. I always have a quick look on Facebook. That's about the only thing I can work. That's it. But uh, TikToks and, and all that other, that, that twitting thing and all that, that, I haven't got a clue. I wouldn't even go on it, you know. Well, I mean, the thing for me is... A two and four-year-old, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Two and four-year-olds on TikTok and, and all the other, it's, it's, all the other things. Yeah, in, Instagram. It's unbelievable. Well, look, this is the state of... I think that this is where we're all going wrong. You know, uh, I, I, I know he's a, one of your team. It's neither here nor there what team he belongs to. Phil Foden doesn't strike me as being the brightest in the bunch. Good footballer, but, you know, it's just, I don't know, just the impression you get from watching some things here and there on TV. Now, if he's got a four-year-old child and he's quite happy for that kid to have an Instagram account, um, I think that's wrong, personally. And I, I, say, I say that as a, as a parent and as a teacher... Because basically, you know, either you've got to do it for him or somebody else, but whichever way, you're involving somebody below the age of reason. Now, for me, if that means that you've got people following a kid who is below the age of reason, then um, w w what is the sense in that? For I, I can't see the sense in that. Well, you're open to all sorts of things, are you, on these, these account things, you know, a million people, you know, but I, I, is it because Phil Foden's not on it, so he's put his son on it, so he could, I, but I don't get it, four-year-olds and two-year-olds, no. It, it's just, it just beggars belief that somebody could set up an account like that. I've got I can't, to... set, I can't set one up and I'm 70. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, I can understand somebody setting it up for somebody else who doesn't know how to use it. But the whole purpose for me is that, uh, really, I don't think kids, anything less than, I don't know, seven to ten, 
and then supervised all the time, I don't think they should be on the social media platforms because I think well, that's where everybody's going wrong. I'd make it until they're in senior school. I don't, you know, I don't think you can you stop. Know, infants and juniors, no. When they, when they get to senior school where they've got to start looking out on life and, and you know, learning what, what they can do in life and all that. I wouldn't have it up into infants and juniors, no. Well, I'm glad to hear the way you think, really, because that's my true belief. I think that the schools should not be teaching kids how to use the internet and uh, use the social media platforms at that age. I mean, I know they're going to find out, but they all find out things that maybe they might find taught to them later in life, and then they can discuss them with the teacher. But, I mean, you know, to, to think that there's so much danger on the internet, the dark web and all those other sorts of things, and yet the school's education policy is to teach them uh, how to use the internet. I think yeah, it should I mean, be secondary. I'm a firm believer that they should all have a little locker to put their phones in when they go in school. Good. And I learn. Feel, I feel Just the same. learn. Other, other than that, I mean, I could be a professor. If I ask that Jeeves or, or Google or whatever it's called, if I want, if I want to know something, so they're not actually learning things that are going in, into the brain. What they're doing is they're just answering, a, getting somebody to answer the question for them. As far as I, as far as I see, so all the phones that, that, that they have, yes, when it's break time, you can go to your thing, you can go and have a look at your mates on, on whatever it is, Twitches, TikToks, and whatever, Facebook, and and then it goes back in the thing for your next class. And let's see how, how good you are at learning and remembering it, because that's the way it, it, it was always when I was at school, and that. Well, I, I mean, I was reading an article the other day, somebody reckoning that um, artificial intelligence can see off, <coughs> excuse me, see off mankind. And, you know, I think you only have to look at the way that Google answers. It's not a real person. Um, so if people don't know the facts and don't check the facts... They're, they're repeating what they hear, whether it's true or not. So, yes, yeah. I can see that this could be the end of mankind as we know it, Jim. I mean, it's just utterly ridiculous. You know, it's bad enough having uh, Alexa in the, in, the, in the house listening to everything that you say all the time. Very dangerous yeah. for me. But, but that would be good, wouldn't it? If I went to Alton University, you know, I'm from a secondary modern school and all that, and I've done okay for myself. I'm all right. I'm happy with what I've with what I've got and what I've earned and that. Uh, but if I went to home university and they're, they're asking me all these questions and I've got my phone there or my laptop or whatever it's called, uh, I could answer all them questions, but none of them will have come from back of my brain. They'd have just come from Google or whatever the other things are, Ask Jeeves or whatever the other things that you can go on. So that doesn't mean I'm a professor because I've learned everything and I know the answers to everything. I don't, because I've just asked somebody for do me, you know, do me, um, me di diploma for me. You know, I, I don't get that at all. Well, I, I've just been in a situation where you know you, you're playing word games with some Canadians. Okay, um, they didn't say which dictionary they're going to use. They come up with words which we have never had, and they are not English words anyway for me. Um, yet they'll protest. That they're right and we're wrong, and um, you know the, the, this is the great debate because unfortunately, you've got your Google and uh, various other platforms you can go on now um, making the decisions that you or somebody else should be aware of, either right or wrong. You know, um, yeah. we're, we're taking the machine as being right when years of education are being told we're wrong. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. You were that artificial, yeah. We we learnt it that way. They they just put out their, their thing, and they could be entirely different. Yeah. So who is right here? You know. Yeah. Okay, on we go. It's Europe calling with Neil Colborne and Vince Tracy. All the things you might have missed. You're calling.
Okay, so a former Scotland Yard detective. Now, this guy heads a company dubbed Britain's first private police force, was insisting in the article I read that all he was doing was old-fashioned policing that modern, <laughs> modern forces don't do anymore. Uh, TMI consists of a crack team of former detectives with experience investigating major crimes, including murder, terrorism and armed robbery. They're paid by households and businesses to patrol local areas and investigate crimes, including the UK's epidemic of shoplifting. The founder is David McKelvey, and has said his colleagues targeted crimes that are often neglected by police, uh, such as burglary, street robbers and pickpocketers. Uh, then, a little bit later on, he says businesses are concerned about retail crimes and violence towards staff. The biggest thing that concerns us is the increase in violence against retail staff. We focus on offences that are not normally dealt with by the police or weren't given a priority. When something happens in the areas we patrol, the majority of times people don't phone the police now. They call us. It comes as towns across England increasingly turn to private police forces to patrol their high streets. In Cambridgeshire... 50 villages have hired guards for their neighbourhoods. Sussex City of Chichester, they've brought in private security. And uh, in one case, they were called in after a £500 of sirloin steak and 20 bottles of Prosecco were taken from Marks and Star Sparks, but police decided not to investigate. Two detectives were quickly able to identify a suspect on the store's CCTV, making an arrest and allegedly getting a confession recorded on their body cams. The suspect is now set to be prosecuted for five burglaries, including a second alleged offence at the same supermarket, and he faces up to 14 years in prison. Now, Neil, I think we both have seen enough evidence that the police aren't doing what they should be doing, um, and instead of that, they're chasing round after people like Just Stop Oil and dancing with LGBTQ people who were having processions and parades. Um, I'm not very impressed with the policing in the Britain at the moment. And certainly when you look at what the prime ministers uh, have said and what the home secretaries are talking about. So your comments on that one? Well, I'm with you on this. When you've got, you see, so you get uh, XCID men or whatever they are and that, and then they they get them, so then, then do they have to hand them on to the police to then charge them to go into court? And, do you know what I mean? It's like, hang on a minute, what what do our taxis actually get, you know, spent on? As you say, walking alongside LGBT plus whatever they are, uh, parades. No, we don't. We, we don't pay you for that. We pay you for sorting out crime, not having a jolly boys' day out. We're dancing with music and God knows what. It's to protect the people. Oh. when you, you know, when you look at the, um, the 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 car chases of people who've done things and the police are chasing them, I mean, when you look at the money that must be being spent on that sort of thing. And then you look at the people going through the courts who are convicted of doing certain things and the police aren't even, you, you know, um, they're not catching the basics, are they? Well, you, you, you've seen the police interceptors and all that lot and, and they've got a car chase going on with drug dealers or burglars or whatever and these burglars ram into a police car and this, that and the other. And then they'll get something like a £300 fine, but they cause about ten grand worth of damage to cars. And they don't have to pay that. Why not? Why I, not? Should be, if they're on benefits, should be taking out the benefits every week. What I can't understand is the way we grew up, the way we had to behave ourselves, the way we had to pay any taxes, fines or whatever, you know, the, the situation was. And now it would appear that the people who do an honest day's work and um, don't get into trouble, they're penalised at every single twist and turn. I mean, when you look 
at the stories of what we've just been talking about, you know, £500 worth of uh, sirloin and then the, the, the Prosecco as well, could you imagine during, you know, our formative years, could somebody get away with that that quickly? No, thieving is thieving. It don't matter what it is, you know, whether it's a, a, a bottle of pop or a, a £300,000 watch, it's still thieving. And it should still go under the same. It, it's not what you've stole, it's because you've stole. That's why you're going to go to prison. But now, I, I, I saw papers the other day uh, about uh, rapists being let out early because the prisons are full. Well, we'll build some more prisons, like we've said before, on one of Scottish islands, and you know, stop, you know, mollycoddling them in prison. Well, let's. It's easier to get drugs in prison than it is on corner of the street. Let's stay with that because there was another article, so I'll add the two together now. And this article I read, there are just 651 spur prison places available across the whole of England and Wales. So uh, ministers were considering renting cells in Estonia. Now, there are currently 88,016 people in jail across the country, the highest number in 12 years and nearly 10% more than last year's figure which was 81,423. There are 88,667 cells in total, meaning that that's just 651 places left. Um, so, um, later on it said, alongside our extra 20,000 prison places programme, refurbishment of old prisons and rapid deployment cells, renting prison places in other countries, will ensure that we always have the space to keep the public safe from the most dangerous offenders. Belgium sent up to 650 prisoners to the Netherlands from 2010 until 2016, while Norway sent a similar number between 2015 and 2018, this according to the Conservatives. They're supposed to be the, the party for law and order. I think they are absolutely inept. And, and just inefficient in virtually anything they go near at the moment? Well, I mean, we've not heard anything off this Keir Starmer about his law and order or anything else, uh, or what he's going to do with his uh, migrants and illegal immigrants and God knows what. So you, the, the reason it's all coming on, on, on Tory party is because there's nobody else putting an alternative forward. Build more prisons, you know. Uh, but make sure you're, lock, you're locking them up. You know, as we say, the, the punishment fits the crime. You know, it, it's ridiculous. Oh, in a bit, all burglars will just be let loose and rapists and God knows what because we've got no places to put them. You know, well, because we can't we can't put them anywhere else because we've got that many illegal immigrants waiting to be seen if they're all right to stay, and we can't send them back. You know, when they're not. You see, if it was a perfect society and they didn't have all this problem, these problems already, it would already have pressure on it by the fact that people are waiting to be processed to come into it. But, I mean, if you've got people saying there's only 651 cells left, um, I mean, you don't have to be the brightest in the bunch to come up with the ideas that we had. You know, there's so many islands around Britain that really you could just, you could build, I'm pretty sure you could build prisons which are so un, not nice that you wouldn't want to be anywhere near them. I mean, at the moment, it, they sound more like hotels when you hear them described. Exactly. Exactly the point. Never mind, do, do, you know, spending millions on Victorian prisons, you know, to do them up, to make them look like an holiday camp. No, put them in there. Put them in there with proper bars on windows and never mind central eating and you can have the television and you can have a, a computer for so long. You can go and play in gym. You can go... Well, it's an absolute joke. And, and, and we're the, I think we're the worst in the world for it in UK. Yeah, I, I, I think so from what I read. Um, although, of course, you know, the press is there to probably paint a picture that... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they're just stirring the onyx nest all the time. It don't matter who gets in uh, next year. Let me tell you, whoever gets in next year, 
they'll be getting the same treatment off the press. They just flip over the page, right, lads, we got rid of Tories, now we're going to get rid of these. You know, it's a, you know, the, the, all the cupboards will be open, you know, skeletons will be coming marching out. I think when you look at these prisons, I mean, we were saying this 20 years ago. I mean, it's not as though this is uh, something that has ever, ever got any better. I think uh, it's almost like each part of this jigsaw puzzle is being made to look more and more stupid each time that you investigate and discuss it with me. You know, each time we look at these things, um, you know, we had a a series, didn't we? Porridge with Ronnie Barker. Now, yeah. you know, that was... And Richard Beckinsdale. Yeah. He died young, didn't he? Died young. Yeah, he yeah. did. Um, I mean, that, that was funny at the time because it was like some slob who basically was running the jail at the expense of the prison officers. Um, but it's got to the stage where that is all over the show now. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really sure that the answer is to have it privately funded like the, like the Conservatives have done. I mean, I would have thought the prison service needs to be exactly run like they have it probably in some of these really, really horrible places so that you just don't want to go near there. Don't, don't go, exactly. You don't go to prison. There's no deterrence for going in prison because if they're burglars and they've made a few quid and it's all stashed away on the floorboards and God knows what, they know that if they can go and manage that. They can go and have a few years in the gym and... You know, get get fed, watered, and all that. Lot. It's, it's an absolute joke. Well, I and know. then they come out, and all them that they've nicked off, they, they've got no money. But, but there, there they are. They've just lift up the floorboards and go and live. And you know, it's it's ridiculous. Okay. Well, here's the next one coming up. Okay, I know that you'll have very strong opinions, as I tell you, a family of five says it's lost everything after their electric car caught fire and destroyed their home in a devastating blaze. So this lady, 44-year-old, has spoken of the chaos as she fetched her three sleeping children from their beds as a fire spread through their electric car towards their house. Um, she and her husband, um, 48-year-old, and the twin daughters and 15-year-old son uh, were all asleep after the fire broke out. Cornwall Fire and Rescue Service have recalled at 11.14 to this was uh, happening in a place near St. Austell. Now, um, th- th- you're seeing this all the time now. Th- th- these electric cars go on fire far too easily. I uh, don't know what the I don't know what the answer is, but what I do see is the prices in the garages. I was looking at uh, some cars the other day, and I mean you can save about seven or eight thousand pound on a forty thousand pound car if the, if it's electric. Um, so they can't sell them, can they? <laughs> no, but nobody should be allowed to sell them. They, they, they're poisonous. The, the fire brigade can't put the fire out. That's the, you know, you'd have to get like half a Blackpool beach and tip it on top of it to try and quell it down. They can't put it out with just water or the, uh, the smoke, you know, the foam and all that lot. It doesn't work. You know, it, every time I see it and, and the, a picture of a massive Tesla garage, you know, like an L-shaped garage, and there were 12 cars on the front and they've all, uh, they've all got set on fire. Now... They're still not telling us uh, about that uh, car park uh, in Luton. <laughs> you, you, read, you read in my mind again. That's my next one. <laughs> yeah. You know, they said, oh, it was an accidental fire. No. Are you telling us it was an electric fire? And they're setting off, you know, uh, you know, the electric, it was accidental. No. These batteries are useless, expensive, when they run out, did you see the thing that, that came on Facebook for a, a, a battery that had run out? This this guy had been using it, one of the first people to get it. His battery had died on him, yeah? To put a new battery in, it was 28,700 and 1,800 uh, for the labour. And if you look at all the insurance companies now, if you've got an electric car, your price is going up. Yeah. All over the place. So... 
You know me and batteries, I'm, I'm a lead-acid battery man. They, they've worked fine for donkeys here. We've had electric milkmen and, and, and everything. But these are setting on fire too, too regular, and it's going to get worse. You well, know, and, and there's no infrastructure for them anyway, so... Well, I was reading uh, a, a little report in the paper yesterday. They were telling me that um, I think it's Kia have just come up with a car which is about double the battery life of um, the Tesla. You know, and, and I mean, I think it's desperation now. I think, I think people, the penny is beginning to drop. Not only are they likely to catch fire, but if suddenly you can't get your electric, suddenly, you know, it's off at a switch. It's not like waiting for a delivery van, is it? Not the no, same thing, is no. it? You know, I've just bought a new car. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not one of the electric or hybrids, right? The same car, hybrid, is 9,700 more than mine. The full electric one is somewhat like fifteen or 16,000 more. What for? What for? Well, they're saying, well, you put petrol in that. I said, yeah, well, you go and plug that in and see how fast your thing goes around, you know, on your electric bill. Yeah. So, don't, you know, don't come giving me all that malarkey and and all these electric wind farms are going to, are going to be the saviour of us all and solar panels are going to be fantastic and this, that and the other. When they run out, they can't get rid of them. And the, and the, and the what's-the-names, the, the, the hurdy-gurdies, you know, them... The, you know, look like a, 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 a aeroplane uh, thing. You can't get rid of them neither. You can't bury them because they don't they don't go down. Nobody wants to take them on because they're useless. There's no point for them. So, what happens when all these are now going to start running out? You know, the world's going to come to a stop. Have you come to any clearer a decision in your own mind? as to why these electric cars are being pushed on everybody. Yeah, because they, 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 they're going to tax us more, you know, and, and they, they, it's like herding sheep, you know, like they did with COVID. We all that stay in. We all that do that. Sooner or later, somebody's going to wake up, smell the coffee and go, I don't want an electric car. I love it. You know, you can have clean fuel now. You can have clean coal. That thing's going before I caught today. Uh, clean coal. But where you're getting the electric from is by a source of uh, nuclear power, gas, you know, or fuel. That, that's the only way you can get electric. You can't have a little thing just outside that's going to do all world. It's an absolute ridiculous. There's nobody thought about this. Let's just make some more money. I mean, if you've got, uh, you'll have, uh, there's certainly a good number already out on the roads which are electric. If we have a power outage like they had on the east coast of America, everything comes to a stop. You know, it's like if you go into the bank or, yeah. you know, you want to pay a bill in a shop and they haven't got electricity. Everything well, just it, comes it, to a stop, doesn't it? It was saying with that, the, the, the aeroplanes, wasn't it? Yeah. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, everybody's grounded because there's a glitch in the in the air traffic controllers. Don't well, you? Well, hang on a minute. That's run by electric. You know, somebody can just turn a switch, and you're all you lot are all paralysed. You can't go anywhere. Isn't, you know? that, isn't that really what it's all about, though? Exactly. It's about containing people. Yeah, and and not only that, but I mean, you can see the banks are trying to make sure that you can't get in <clears throat> and, and do what you need to do when you go to the bank and arrange your finances, once they've got total and utter control of all that, they can restrict you to drive in sort of limited amount of miles because basically... Exactly, 250, something like that. It's that. And, and that, all the things that they put on, you know, if you watch the adverts, always look at, at the, the bit at the bottom. And where they tell you... It's 230 30 miles that you can get out of one charge, yeah? From me to go to Portugal for a week's holiday would take me three and a half days there and three and a half days back, so I don't spend any time in Portugal, right? But if I go in my, if I go in my petrol car, I'm there in eight hours, 
Yeah, I get a full week holiday and come all the way back. Fantastic. No worried about plugging in somewhere where there is nowhere and all this lot. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it, you know, everybody goes, oh, well, it's because you were with batteries. No, we still had milkmen. We had grocery man. We had everybody coming around in electric vehicles. And in the night, you put it back and you put, you, you put it on a charge and it were right again for so many miles. But when you see them miles there, that means if you're only going about 25 miles an hour with no lights on, no heating on, no air conditioning on, no nothing, no radio on, because all them just keep draining your battery. Yeah. OK, here's the next one. Rant over. We'll stay with cars. Okay, so this is the dramatic moment. A suspected car thief was boxed in by police before officers started smashing the windscreen and dragging the driver out of the vehicle. Videos capturing the takedown show five police cars and a van surrounding the stolen silver car. Uh, This is Worthing, West Sussex, following a 11-mile pursuit of the vehicle from neighbouring Brighton. It's uh, the coordinated trapping of the vehicle. One police car hits the front bumper of the silver car, stopping in its tracks on North Street after police received uh, reports of a stolen vehicle. And uh, at about 1.30 on Thursday, police can then be seen flinging their doors open to approach the driver, taking batons to smash the windows and windshields of the car. I mean, we've got two issues there, really, haven't we? We've got... um, the fact that these car thieves just think they can do the, what the hell they want, don't they? Correct. I mean, somebody, else, somebody else's car. You can wreck it. You can do what you want with it, and I'll, I'll just get a, a slap on wrist, and then tomorrow night I'll go and have another go in somebody else's car. No, get hold of them, smash the windows, drag them out, put them on the floor, get them in nick. How are you going to stop it? Do you think? Well, you're not, are you? I mean, they're supposed to be every... Remember years ago, I think they were one of the first ones out, Moss, Moss alarms. If you open the door, the alarm went off and, and this, that, and so that. No, there doesn't seem to be any of them. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's like everything's now electronic, so you, you press your, your key button and they... Well, now they can come outside your front door with, with a, a fob, and you, if your fob's hanging up just inside door, they just cloned that one to get in the car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At one time, it was screwdrivers and God knows what, wasn't it? So all these car merchants, I think Volvo are about the best, and I'm not sure with that, but I know they're the safest. But uh, it was was like screwdriver. Now we've got all these electronic devices, and they still get the same amount. Oh, even more cars are getting uh, getting nicked every week, and some of these cars are like hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty thousand pound cars. Well, I think they... these, these these jokers are just getting in for a joyride, and they're not going to stop until they, they smash into somebody or police knock them off road. I think the trouble really, we all agree that you know the problems start in the home when the yeah. kids then go to the schools. And you've got so many programmes which are showing you just how stupid the teachers are and how the kids are always cleverer, etc. And then they go out into society. They haven't, half of them, got even a thought of getting a job. Um, this is lawlessness. And the only thing, the only way they're going to solve these problems is you've got to have draconian measures again. I can't see it being any other way. How many times have we? Have we bleated on about this, about punishment, crimes? But it starts with the parents, and it starts with no respect for any authority whatsoever, whether you're a teacher, a policeman, a doctor, a fireman, any, any of them. Any of them. They don't give a monkeys about w- what they do. They just, and, and they don't get punished at home. Because it's, oh, just get on with it. Yeah, you'll be all right. Don't worry about it and all this. And, oh, please come round. If please come round to my house, ever, which he did once, silent Sid on his villa set. And I got done 10 shilling and sixpence for playing tennis before time. 
Ouch. There you go. And it was like it was like I'd done an armed robbery and killed three people while <laughs> I were doing it. Oh my life. But you're fetching shame on this house. And wait till you tell your grandma and your granddad that were even worse. Now, they haven't even they're not even bothered. You, you, the more that you read these reports in the paper, <clears throat> the more that you realise that, you know, this is glory days for some of these people to get on TV and be seen. You know, they're, they're just attention seekers, most of these. Oh, that's all it is, yeah. They, th- they think they've chopped dogs, you know, because they've nicked a car and then they, they get two of their mates in and then they go and nick another one and, you know, it just it goes on from there. It starts with small crime. And then, it, because they don't get anything, you know, anything severe, that they go, well, I don't want to get caught again doing that, as we said, you know, you said a few minutes ago. You know, uh, oh, if I'm going in prison, well, they, oh, hang on a minute, there's no central eating, it's freezing cold. And, well, you've got all these do-gooders going, oh, they're too cold in prison, and uh, they, they don't have a proper menu for the food. Well, tell the mothers and fathers come in and feed them. Drop them off at the gate and we'll give them that. Oh, you see, it's ridiculous. If you've got politicians who are, who are out and out saying, you know, we don't know what a woman is, we don't know what a man is, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it, it, well, there it, you go. I think, you see, the, 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 it's the politicians each time that I'd be looking at now. The p- politicians get behind their motives and uh, it's going to be a long haul before they get it back anywhere near the way it should be. Um, There's none of these MPs prepared to stand up and say, this is all wrong. They should be put in prison for whatever, you know, whether it's fraud, whether it's stealing, whether it's stealing cars, whatever. There should be stronger punishments. I watched one last night, and it's it's took 33 years to find him killing a six-year-old boy, right? And the judge come back, he got found guilty, and the judge come back and said, well, I can only give him the sentence that it was 33 years ago. And at 33 years ago, it, it, it was only 15 years. What? No, if you kill somebody, you should get life. Full stop. End of end. Your life finishes. You see, if you had a situation like that, surely you should be able to put it before the Supreme Court, the Parliament, anywhere which is able to make a decision. Uh, this is an exceptional case, okay? It's taken so many years of somebody else's life to find this man. So um, we need an exceptional circumstance that will change the law very quickly. We want to do it now. Yeah, this minute. From Get a meeting now. Right, you lot, you, you major QCs and God knows what. No, this is the penalty for, for killing somebody. If you get found guilty of murder, life is life. Not life, and with a minimum of 12 years, it'll only do six, or 15, it'll only do seven and a half. No, it's life. Your life's done. You did it, you pay for it. I don't know about you, Neil. When we do these podcasts, it's almost like we we can disagree over certain things, but you can see the reason and there's some sort of rationality be, 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 before you can actually say, well, I think that's whatever you think. You can yeah. see maybe, but there's no sense in most of this now, is there? There's no sense at all. There's no common sense. What's common sense? They, they, they'd not put away, wouldn't they? You know. Yep, Neil, I'm afraid you're right and... Um, to be honest with you, you, you know, you, you feel like people are giving up. But, I mean, the majority of people are good people. That's what I still can't understand. Most yeah, people I, I ever people meet... people have given up. They've, got, they've, they've given up thinking that they're going to get the, the right punishment for, for, for the right crime. Yeah. And, and people just go, not again. Yeah. Oh, he's killed somebody or killed two or three, four people and he gets life with a with a minimum of 23 years. When did life? Everybody should die then between 23 and 30 then, should we? No. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't figure out. You're right. Neil, that is it for the week. Once again, a very right. frustrating week with some very frustrating stories, but always good to hear from you. 
What, what about Bobby Charlton then? Oh. What, a, what an ambassador. Did you see my picture up with him? I did. I, him? I did. I thought it was lovely. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's another one that I have. I met Jackie Charlton as well. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, wonderful, yeah. wonderful memory for you. So, um, yes, yeah. a, an absolute gentleman. Uh, and an ambassador. Yeah, absolutely right. Neil, um, nice to finish on a better note, uh, even if yeah. we're saying goodbye to a legend. Yeah. Okay, Vince, I'll speak to you next week, yeah? Thank you, Neil. Cheers, Vince. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.